<laughs> Daniel chapter 6, verse 18. Let's get there. It says, Then the king, then the king went, to, uh, went to his palace and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Sleepless night. Then the king arose very early in the morning, and he went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lion? So my question to you tonight as I leave, can your God deliver? Can your God deliver? One day your God's going to have to deliver for you. If it ain't the right one, he ain't going to deliver. Because there's only one deliverer. Y'all with me? Father God, we thank you for your word. And I'll just stop right now to... Ask you, Lord, if you would just take me and just anoint me to bring your word to life and that your spirit would just come and minister to our hearts. And maybe we, may we just be overwhelmed with your presence and who you are and the joy of knowing you. So, Father, we just give you this time. Lord, take me, use me for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. <clears throat> Tell you what, if you grew up in, in church and years ago in Sunday school anyway, I remember it was, you were, you were going to learn about uh, the Red Sea, crossing the Red Sea. You was going, you was going to hear about that one. Or I, or I, I, these are the ones that stuck with me anyhow. And you was, going to, you was going to hear about the walls of Jericho. You know, God was going to deliver. You was going to hear about a little boy with a slingshot. That would kill a giant that had backed down the whole army of Israel. You know, so these, these, these tales of God delivering his people. And uh, three young boys thrown into a fiery furnace. These type of things. But I'll tell you one of them. Everybody heard about Daniel. Daniel in the lion's den. And uh, I remember... Uh, Always liking the, my, my Granny Cruz, mama's, uh, mama's granny. She had a, a old big Bible set on the coffee table there in her house. And I used to like to look through it because it had those pictures, them cut, big color pictures in there. How many of y'all remember the, the picture of Daniel in the lion's den? He's standing kind of like this with his kind of looking back at, out there and the light kind of shining him on them big old lines just laying around and all that stuff, you know. It's just, it's just for kids, man, I tell you, tell them the stories. Tell them those stories. Show them those pictures. Let them stick with them because they're true. I was reading today. I've been, I've been reading a book. I, I won't, I won't even go in here. But anyway, and in the in the in the book, it was a chapter about uh, about George Whitfield. Which, if you don't know about George Whitfield, he was one of the ones. Well, he was the one, really. That started the Great Awakening in the colonies, in the, in the uh, United States in the first 13 colonies in the 1700s, early 1700s. 
He was an unbelievable preacher. <laughs> One fellow said, uh, said, George Whitfield could bring you to tears but just saying Mesopotamia. That's powerful, isn't it? I believe it was anointed we could do that. You know what I mean? It's unbelievable. They said his voice could actually at times be heard for over two miles. Which was good because sometimes his crowds were 20 and 25,000. He said they could all hear him good. As a matter of fact, Benjamin Franklin was one of his... Uh, Contemporaries and, and Ben Franklin wanted to kind of got him to come over here and begin to preach, even though Franklin was not a Christian, you know, didn't profess to be, but he liked George Whitfield, and um, he even did. You know, Benjamin Franklin was an experimenter, you know, did that, those kind of things, you know. But anyway, he had heard he had preached that that many people, and he got to thinking, you know, there ain't no way that man preached that many people because he couldn't hear. And he was preaching in Philadelphia and said. Uh, Ben Franklin did an experiment. Said he kept backing up and getting further and backing up and went to one street and the next street and the next street. Went and he said, I could hear him. I could hear him plain as day. And then I measured it, made me a half moon circle and I figured out how big all that was. And he said, you could put about 25,000 people in there. So they, they could hear it. But one thing I, 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 that's really been on my heart and mind, captivating my mind, you know, and my old mind's got one track and anything gets on it, can't nothing else get on there. It's a one-track mind. But something that they said about him was that he, in his early days, he had kind of liked acting. And this had been thrown out about him, that he was, he, they, they thought he was a little theatrical in his preaching and all. And it was. He could do it. He was rowdy. He was loud and that sort of thing. And they talked about that acting. And he had uh, asked somebody something one time about how they, uh, <clears throat> about, Actors and how they make uh, imaginary things seem real and all. And uh, got talking about preaching and all. And the guy, the actor, told him, said, here's the problem. said, actors, actors take uh, imaginary things and make them seem real. You preachers take the real things and make them seem imaginary. That stuck me. Why do we take something that's real, I mean real, and just amazing, and make it just kind of seem more imaginary? That, I thought that was very good. He said, that'll never happen if I can help it. And he made stuff come to life. Folks, this is real. Listen to me. The story of Daniel in the lion's den is not a fairy tale. Amen. That's real. There's a real God that shut real lives, real mouths of lions. Y'all with me? That's what is so good. And that's what we, this, that I read here. Can your God? That, that was the question the, the king asked. Can your God, Daniel, can he deliver you? Can your God? I, I praise God. I believe mine can. I'm not worried. So let's back up and be at the beginning of this chapter and work our way through. We've got little, four little parts here. I'm going to hit them. I'm going to hit them as quickly as I can if I don't get off on George Whitfield again. So, anyhow, chapter one. 
Let's just read the first nine verses here and then we'll come back and bounce through them. So here's how it all come down. It said, It pleased Darius uh, to set over the kingdom 120 princes which should be over the, king, the whole kingdom. And over these, over the 120, three presidents of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give account to them and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and the princesses because an ex excellent spirit was in him and the king's thought set him over the whole realm. He began saying, you know, Daniel's better. I'll, I'll just put him over the whole thing. Then the presidents and the, uh, the, the princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom. We want to find something about him and clip his wings. But uh, they could not find an occasion to fault Daniel for as much as he was faithful there, uh, neither was there any error or fault found in him. And then, uh, then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king and they said unto the king, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together and established a royal statute. That right there was a lie, don't you think? So Daniel wasn't in on that. And they said all the presidents of the king. And to make a firm degree that whosoever shall be, uh, ask a petition of any god or man for 30 days except for thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which alters not. You can't change it. When that king signs it, the law of the Medes and Persians, it doesn't change. I don't care whether you like it or not, it cannot be changed. Wherefore, King Darius signed the writing and the decree. So the first thing that I want to look at here is a, a, faith, a faith in a foreign land. Remember, Daniel's in a foreign land. Daniel went over here as a young teenage boy. He's lived his life through here. He's, he's, he's made his choice that he was going to serve his God. He knew his God, and he worshiped his God. And he, and he, he, he lit, now this is, this is good. He, he lived his life and his faith was shown out in his everyday life. And I, folks, listen to me. I believe if we live the, if we live our faith and live this word of God, I believe in our everyday life, it will show. People will see it. It, it will make the difference. I believe, I believe, I believe that employers would love to find people that pattern their life after this word, that you can trust him, and no matter whether you're looking at him or not, because his faith is in this word, and then the one that's leading and guiding him, that means something to him, and he's going to do that. And that's, and that's what has happened to Daniel. <clears throat> Over time, his people at the king and different ones, they knew Daniel, who he was and what he stood for. But this faith, in a, in, and the first thing I want to look at as we think about that is, where we're placed in life, where we are in life, where we are placed to live and to serve may not be our preference, may not be easy. Okay? I mean, that's just the way it is. But that doesn't matter about your faith because you can take your faith wherever you go. You need to. And Daniel had done that as a, as a young boy here in a foreign country. He had, he had made up his mind, I am going to serve the Lord. I'm not, it's just going to be that way. And he had stuck to it. But Daniel probably would have much rather been back over in Jerusalem. He had left to be in home. But that wasn't where he was. So just because you may be in a place that ain't comfortable or that you don't really like or it's tough or that wasn't your first choice, that doesn't matter. Just 
Keep the faith. Live your faith. Trust in God. And let Him use you to, and serve Him there. Serve Him there and it'll make a difference, I believe, in you and those around you. I just believe it did, it, it did for Daniel. This faith in the foreign land. But <clears throat> there's nothing that we can do about all things that happen around us. Things, things can happen to us, as they did to, to Daniel right here. But what I put down here was that it was unjustified resentment and jealousy. They were jealous of, Dan, of Daniel and what, what the king was about to do. That is, and then they begin to resent the fact that he was going to be placed above them. And they begin to operate against Daniel because of their own jealousy and the resentment they had for Daniel. Daniel had not done them anything bad at all. As a matter of fact, it said in here, they looked, at, they looked hard to try to find something bad so they could take it to the king and say, you know, Daniel, he's, he's not no good. He's no good in this area, that area. You, you, they said, you can't trust him and all that. You, he, they couldn't do that. They couldn't do that. And they said, well, there's nothing we can do. We can't find anything. So uh, things will happen in our lives. And they listen. They, I mean, it, the things in, in the lies, listen, I just told you they lied about it to, to come up with something against Daniel and say, look, we, we've all agreed to this. Daniel hadn't. The king fell for it, though, with kind of a prideful heart, I'm sure, that we all, we all deal with. But just because these things happen, I mean, as uncomfortable as it may be, keep the faith. Just keep the faith. I know who I am. I know who I am. doesn't matter where I am. I know who I am. I'm a child of God, and I'm going to serve him. No matter what's coming at me, to the hurts and all of this, these kind of things. And this, the, this, this was bad and this was harmful. It was harmful to Daniel. It was hurtful to Daniel. But it was a scheme. It's scheming. That some people can scheme against you. And you're thinking, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing the best I can. I'm, I'm just trusting the Lord, trying to serve him. And, and all that. that's fine. Hey, folks, listen to me. That's life. That's life in this, in this fallen sin cursed world. That's, that's just life. Things come at us. My goodness, look, look what come against Jesus. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. So just, 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 just don't get into the place where we think, well, everything's going to be roses for me because I'm serving the Lord and none, all of that kind of stuff. It doesn't matter. What, as a matter of fact, try, try to get the mindset that no matter what comes at me, I'm going to take it and do my best to use it and handle it in a way that will glorify the one that I have put my faith and trust in. So that his name will be lifted up. Because I, if you study Daniel, you'll find out after a while these kings that he was under, and he was under I think four different ones. They all come, after a while they all come to the record recollection that, hey, this God, this Daniel's God is a little something special. They might not have uh, sold out on him 100%, but they said, uh, that, man, that, man, that man's got something there. And when they needed him, they'd go, to get, go find Daniel. So it's just, uh, just knowing that, hey, just live it. Just live it no matter what. Faith in a foreign, in a foreign country. But then the next thing I want to look at, and let's pick up now where we left off at verse 10. I'm going to read a few more scriptures. Then we'll come back and walk through it. So uh, they 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 they've done the scheme and pulled it off with the the king, and he signed the decree. So now verse ten says, and now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, 
He went into his house and his windows being opened in his chamber toward Jerusalem. He knelt upon his knees three times a day and he prayed and give thanks before his God as he did four times. I want to just break out singing old Daniel prayed every morning, noon, and night. That's a good song, man. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's degree. Hast thou not signed the decree that every man that shall ask a petition, save of thee, O king, shall be cast in the lion's den? And the king answered and said, The thing's true according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which, alter, which altereth not. You cannot, you cannot alter it. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times. Don't you, can't, you just, can't you just kind of feel how good they felt to say that? This Daniel don't care a thing about what you say and what you put down. Boy, they're they nailing him. They got what they want to kind of make that jealousy and resentment really feel good to come on back in there and, and lay this on old Daniel. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself. And he set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. They had really pulled the wool over this guy, this king's eye, hadn't they? It really laid it out. So, <clears throat> what I did here, the second thing here as I look at it here, we mentioned it twice in there. What, 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 what is it that's unalterable? That's unalterable that you can't change. You can't change The law of the Medes, the Persians. But boy, I could almost just see old Daniel thinking, guys, y'all may, may think that, but what I want you to know that is unchangeable and unalterable is the way I worship my God. Whew. Good night, gracious. That ain't going to change. He's my God, and that don't change. And, 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 and as it began... I just put un unaltered worship. They, you, you might think that that's unalterable, that little decree you signed. Daniel says, what's not going to change and be unaltered or be altered is my worship. Daniel, and it began by saying that Daniel knew this writing was signed. And I love that, verse 10. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, what did he do? Did he go to the house, close all the windows, close the house, shut everything up, get in the closet, say, I'm going to get somewhere no. He said, I'm going to do it just like I've always done it. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to change it because you've changed some rules and regulations. Now, i got to think about that. that that's good. He, do it. he went right on down. And, and, and not only that, it says he knelt and prayed three times. He did, three times he, he prayed looking towards Jerusalem. And he gave thanks. He gave thanks to God. And... Uh, But it says, as he did a full time. In other words, that's what I always do. 
You know, I, I, I haven't waited till some hardship has come my way and say, oh, now I, I'm going to pray. Man, I'm really going to get right now. I'm just going to open up and let everybody see me. No. no. Daniel was just, all Daniel was doing what he did every day anyhow. He didn't try to change anything or do anything different, but I'm going to continue to do what I've always done in worshiping my God. Now, next thing, too, what I want to look at, because I think, boy, this is, this is relevant. What did they do? What did they do to be able to get something to come against Daniel, a good man? You know what they did? They manipulated the law. They used the law to help them. So what was that? I'll tell you. A lot of the stuff that the Supreme Court brings down is law. And twisting it and saying this is what it means and that's what it means. And so therefore you've got to do this here. That type of stuff. Do you see what I'm saying? So I wonder what, how Daniel, what would Daniel do today whenever somebody says the law says that you've got to do this, that, or the other. And you cannot say that I, well, I, I, can't, I can't do that because I'm a Christian. Or that's uh, my, the, the, my convictions and... It goes against who I am and my God. Because, let's face it, folks, the most important thing in Daniel's life over here was not his position and his job and all that kind. The most important thing, and you know it without was his God. His God, that's, that was it. And whatever, he, whatever serving and worshiping his God, the way that he had already always done, whatever that brought to him or against him, you know what? So be it. And I think that's powerful. I think it's powerful. But it's, uh, it's in God's Word. And it's people that didn't like Him. It's people that don't like us. And it was coming against Him. And they used the, He used the law and twisting the law so that He could do it. Something to, something to think about, huh? Amen? Okay. But... Uh, I just put down here, Daniel would not allow this to change his normal way of worship, nor his giving of thanks to his God. He went in and began to thank God, no matter what. So, uh, an unaltered worship. Change the law if you want to, whatever. You may think this stuff, whatever you've got can't be altered. I'm telling you what ain't going to be altered. And that's my God and the way I worship Him. I think that's powerful. I think it's good. Let's move to the next section. I think this is, this is good in verse 16. <clears throat> says, then the, then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and they cast him in the lines, in the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed according to Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and passed the night fasting, Neither were there any instruments of music brought before him, and, he, and his sleep went from him. Uh, and the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of the lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, whom thou servest continually, able to deliver thee from the lions? Wow. What I, what, I, what I put down here for this third thing here is faith's influence. 
faith's influence. Your faith, our faith, our trust and belief and the way we live our faith has influence. It will influence people. Now, it may not influence a lot of people. I don't know. But how many of y'all feel like that the king has been influenced by the faith that Daniel has shown? Okay. Now, there's, 100, there's 120 of these princes and all that kind of bunch. Hadn't meant nothing to them. And you may say, well, I'm in a... Buddy, I go to work into a den of the lions. I live around about that. You know, whatever. It's okay. Live your faith. Not to be ashamed to. And it may be out of all you work around, it may be just one. That's it's influencing them. And I believe that I believe this king had been influenced by Daniel's life in a foreign country. Just Daniel. Daniel just lived the same way. Didn't matter who it was. When things changed, when kings changed, it didn't matter. Whatever came his way, he handled it the same way. And they found an excellent spirit in it, is what it said. I love, I love that. But I believe Daniel's life had impacted the king. In verse 14, back over here, we read it. The king was displeased with himself. He was, he was displeased with himself that he had let them talk him into doing this. Because he, if, he had, if he had just thought about it a little bit, he would, he, he, we, we get the feeling he wouldn't have hurt Daniel for nothing. He didn't want to. And he, and, but now here's the next thing in verse 14 uh, that, I, that I saw here was the fact that it said he said his heart, the, the king said his heart to try and to deliver Daniel. Man, he wanted to deliver Daniel. And, 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 and every, everything, whatever he could think of. Oh, do you remember they come back around and told him, now I remember king, just say, you can't change once it's, it's, it's signed, it's done, it's done deal. But what, I tell you what it says to me. Ain't but one deliverer. And it ain't man. It ain't the king. It ain't your political system. That ain't your deliverer. None of that. God may very well use these, these things. But he's the deliverer. And if this king had come up with something that would look like the king was the deliverer. But he, he, he's not. Daniel knew who the, the deliverer was. And then in verse, and this, and the reason I say 16 is very kind of, I like reading it, verse 16. Because uh, when they cast him in there, and, 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 and it says, Now the king's bait. Now here's, here's what the king says to Daniel. Daniel, thy God whom thou servest continue, he will deliver you. So well, think about it. Do you think that the king really thought that? That his God would really deliver him? I don't know that he did. Okay? If he did, he, he didn't act like he was too sure of it. Am I right? Because he stayed up all night worrying about it. And took off down there to even see if it was so. Right? Why, why did he say that? And I'll tell you... I think he said it because he, I think he said it because he cared about Daniel, and he just I, he just tried to encourage Daniel. Say, Daniel, listen, because what he, he said, and I love this: Thy God, and he always stuck this in there, whom thou servest continually. 
I know who I know who you serve, Daniel. I know all about you. You know, and I know that you're God and you put your faith in him and and, and he'll deliver you. And just that encouragement. Man, sometimes, sometimes that's all, all we can do is to encourage folks and just say, the, the, the Lord will take care of you, man. And, 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 try, and believe, even sometimes when you just, you don't see any way or hope of what's going to happen, just, just give it to the Lord. You can almost fill up. But I'm, I'm telling you that even for a man like that to say that, his life had been impacted by Daniel and Daniel's God. And that's a good thing. That's a good, that's a good thing. Man, how I wish that my life is impacted. I hope it's impacting somebody somewhere that doesn't know the Lord for the Lord. That's what I just, I, I hope that. But so uh, he, he told Daniel he, he would uh, deliver him, but then he goes and sits there and sleepless. He don't want, he, he, he ain't doing nothing. He don't want to hear no music. He, he don't know what's going to happen. He's not, what, not happening here. He says he's fasting. Doesn't say anything about praying because I don't know that he's, he's He's got that far yet about praying, but he's in turmoil because this has happened because of Daniel and who Daniel is and the effect that Daniel has had on him. And he cared about Daniel. And then the, uh, when he came up the next morning, bright and early, very early, it says very early, he's up. I'm going down there to see, see what's happening. And I love the fact that he, he goes up there and it says with a lamentable Voice and that lamentable is a troubled or anguished voice. Daniel, Daniel. Wow, has your God delivered you? Mm, mm, mm. Just is the God whom thou servest continually. Man, how would well, that's good. I, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt my feelings if you talked about my God like that, saying the one you serve continually. Man, that's good. That's good there. The one you serve continually. Abide, is he able to deliver thee from the lions? He wanted to know. Is he able? And that question I asked tonight, can your God, can your God deliver you? So, the last section I want to look at, and we'll pick up at verse 21. Then said Daniel <clears throat> unto the king. I find that interesting. He says the same things the others did to him. O king, live forever. A bunch of old cutthroats that tricked him said the same thing. But it come from a man of God who meant what he said. I believe he cared about the king. Then Daniel said unto the king, live forever. My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocent as for as much as before him innocence was found in me and also before thee O king I have done no hurt then the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den so Daniel was taken up out of the den and no manner of hurt were found upon him because he believed in his God he believed in his God. You believe in your God? I believe, I, I believe in my God. I believe he's real. I believe he's a deliverer. There's nothing that he can't do. That's what they, and Daniel, Daniel's, the first thing is, I, I noticed here was that Daniel acknowledges it was God that shut the lion's mouth. It was God that shut their mouth. 
I didn't do it. Don't look at me. It's not about me. It's about God. Daniel spent his life, no matter what came to Daniel, serving God. And then whenever the, the God would move, Daniel was always faithful to say, the glory goes to the Lord. God's the one that moved. God's the one that shuts the mouth. Listen, God's the one that saves the lost son or daughter. That's God. He's the one that does that. He's the one that draw, pulls them out of the gutter. That's him. That's the one. He's the one that does that. And you know that and you understand that. And it's God that has done it. He shut these lines mouth. And he goes on to say, because, because you have believed in his God. He's believed in him. It's believing it. It's real. And I go back and I get thinking about the, the Whitfield thing, about the you know, preachers take what's real and make it imaginary, and the actors take what's imaginary and make it real. My God help us to make it what's real, really real. It's more than walking in here and playing church on Sunday. We're talking about something magnificent and real. A God who is able to do that right there. It's not a fairy tale. That's my God. He can do it today. He may do it today. But it doesn't matter what he does. Here's the thing. He is a deliverer. He's my deliverer. He's Daniel's deliverer. The king's not the deliverer. He's the one that, del I love the song that we sing, uh, He's Made Me Glad. Is that what's the name of that song? About he's my deliverer, uh, strong tower. Uh, all, man, that, oh, that's good. That's good. The more you sing it, the better it gets. Yes, he's my deliverer. And you're going to have to be delivered. Every one of us. And he is my deliverer. But the last thing. <clears throat> it's, it's, it's a wonderful ending, right? For Daniel. It's a wonderful ending for those whose God is the deliverer. That's the reason it's important to know that your God is the deliverer. And the king, verse 24, and the king commanded, and they brought those men that had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces, or ere they came to the bottom of the den... In other words, the lions started eating them before they ever hit the bottom. Why had they not done that to Daniel? Because who Daniel believed in. Because Daniel's God. He had shut the mouth. This last section, I just put deliverance. Deliverance? And justice. Justice was served. Folks, we serve a God of great mercy and grace. But we serve a just God. And everything will be judged. Everything will be made right. Justice will be served one day on all sin. This sinful world, this sinful people, this sin... Jesus paid the price. The wrath of God was poured out on Jesus. 
for all those that want to believe in him because he is the deliverer. He's the deliverer. Such a good picture here. But justice prevails and judgment is harsh. Harsh. And that's where old George Whitfield could pour it on and have people melt. One fellow said, I left without a doubt in my mind that my righteousness wasn't good enough. And I made it right. And my life was changed forever. Folks, there's a place to talk about the judgment because it's real and it's harsh. And that's God. God's a God. And that the deliverer is Jesus Christ. You must know him. He must be your God. That God. That deliverer. When they, whenever, whenever anybody talks about your God, the one whom you serve continually, it needs to be him. Okay? Y'all all know as well as I do, there's a lot of people across this world serving a lot of gods that ain't him. Okay? But justice will come one day. And judgment is harsh. And he is our deliverer. Tony, you can ease up here. And I want to close with this. As we look at that thing, think about the deliverer. And I'm thankful that he's my deliverer. The psalmist David was. And I speak of that song that we sing because that came straight out of the psalm. But in Psalm 18, 1 and 2, listen to what David says. I will love thee, O Lord, my strength. The rock, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation and my high tower. That's the deliverer. That's the the very same one Daniel served. He's real. He's still around. 2 Peter 2.9 He knew him. He says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation. The deliverer still knows how to deliver, folks. And to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Peter knows. That's the deliverer. But you don't have to worry about the day of judgment or that punishment if you know Jesus Christ and the grace of God. You won't have to worry about the judgment of God if you know the grace of God. Apostle Paul, Galatians 1, 3. Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins that he might Deliver, deliver, deliver us from the present evil world. He's going to, hey, he's going to deliver me from this body. This body going back to the dust of the earth. I'm going to be delivered from it. I'm going to be delivered from this sin cursed world. Are you, does does that sound good? Yes, it does for a Christian. I'm going to be delivered from this.
I'm not going to kill myself to try to hang on to every little piece of it. No, he's come that he might deliver us from the, this present evil world according to the will of God our Father to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. The deliverer. But that ain't all. Apostle Paul finally come to the end. Chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. He's writing the last words he wrote. Boy, he says it's been a ride. Did you remember he said, uh, I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I kept my faith. And I know this laid up for me a crown of righteousness because I know the deliverer. And he says, you know, I've been here in jail and they finally they, everybody left me. They all left me. And they drug me up before the, the ruler. And he's writing to Timothy in chapter 4. And he, when he said, it got me up there in front of him, I'm by myself. Verse 16 says, And at my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. <laughs> Amen. The Lord stood with me and he strengthened me. That by me, the preaching might be fully known. And that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Reckon you ever read Daniel? I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion because I know the deliverer. And the Lord shall deliver me. He said, hey, he delivered me there. I think Paul knew that his time was short. But he says he's going to deliver me then. Because he says, and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. The deliverer. Can your God deliver? Is that good? Is that real? Is that worth being excited about and saying thank you Jesus? That's the truth. That's the gospel truth. I am a delivered man because I know the deliverer. Let's stand if you will. Tell me what you got for us. <clears throat> so good. Oh, it's good. The altar's open if you just want to come. Thank you. Thank the deliverer. That's the song. Is it, he's made me glad. Is that it? Something like that. If you can find it, Sean, that's the, the, the words. Delivered me. Woo! Let it, just let it bless your heart. Mm. Oh 
That's what he is. That's what he is. What would you be? You couldn't sing that. You couldn't sing that without him. Praise God you couldn't sing it without him. Because he's the deliverer. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Father God, we thank you for your presence here tonight. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, that we have a deliverer. And that our God can deliver and will deliver, just as Paul said. We thank you for that, Lord. Come alive in our hearts. Come alive in our hearts. Father, we, we pray your blessings upon this place, upon your people here in Rayford Road. Lead and guide us and use us every day. Help us just to live our faith, no matter where we are. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Ask it in Jesus' name.